friends, and welcome to There's No People Like Show People, the podcast that connects and reconnects the theater community, inspires hope, and strives to help people not feel so alone. I am your host, Sarah Philibon. Welcome back, friends. There are so many ways to support There's No People Like Show People. Would you like to be a guest on the show? How about joining our exclusive ambassador program? For more information, please follow us on Instagram at There's No People Like Show People. And we now have merchandise. Just head on over to There's No People Like Show People, that's all one word, dot item order, I-T-E-M-O-R-D-E-R dot com for all of your comfortable and stylish podcast merchandise needs. We have t-shirts, sensible hoodies, cozy jogger sweatpants, coffee mugs, water bottles, and everyone's favorite limited edition booty shorts. And it's all available over at there's no people like show people dot item order dot com. Each purchase really helps cover the costs of the podcast. I can't wait to see all of you in your brand new merch. Thank you so much for supporting There's No People Like Show People and celebrating the resilience of the global theater community. I hope you enjoy this week's episode. Yeah, 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 yeah. Hello, friends. Welcome back. I always try to do a little mini vocal warm-up before I record these episodes because your voice is a muscle. It's good to have vocal, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Vocal agility, vocal range. <laughs> it's also because we talk a lot here on the, on the podcast. Well, let me just tell you, this is the podcast where there are no rules, just right. You come as you are, we sit down, we have a conversation about whatever we want to talk about today. Sometimes theater, sometimes life. And today, I am chatting with the illustrious... <laughs> the old. <laughs> the old. Hey, you said it. I know I did. You said it, not me. The, the wise. <laughs> there, yeah, there we go. That's better. Yes, he is a performer, an actor, a director, a teacher, a, tra- a traveler. He does everything. Welcome to the podcast, Thank you. Matt Scott. It's a pleasure. I appreciate it. Thank oh, you. no, the pleasure is all mine. How are you today? I'm fine. Thank you. Oh, good. We are recording this episode in sunny Hillsboro, Indiana, <laughs> where you are currently performing in Moon Over Buffalo. That's right. Ken yeah. Ludwig play. Yes, I've never seen the play, but mm-hmm. I am going to see it tonight. Good. Seeing the closing performance. So mm-hmm. so I'll have notes for you. Oh, um, thank you. Copious. Yeah. <laughs> Copious notes. Yeah. Well, it's funny because I feel like the last show that we did together, I'm, it was so long ago. I think it would, had to have been either probably Little Shop of Horrors. I'm thinking it was Little Shop. And that was like seven years ago. Yes. Yeah, because we also did Church Basement Ladies 2. 2. Which I directed and was in. Yes. With you. Uh-huh. <clears throat> and prior to that, would that have been the first show we ever did together? I think so, because I had seen you in a lot of shows. Yeah, vice versa. And I don't know if, I, if we did anything prior to that. I don't think... I just think can't remember I right off the top of my head. I know. 
But it would have been the Round Barn. It was at yes, it was at the Round Barn Theater. Where where I met you and vice uh-huh. versa. But yes, I think I think you're right. Yeah. I would say Little Shop was probably the last show we did, which was a good show. I thought oh. it was a nice solid show. Oh yeah, I mean great cast of mm-hmm. people. Very good cast. Yes, and you were eaten by a giant plant. I was, which was so much fun. <laughs> <laughs> Which we still have video of to which, this day. Which there is video footage of Matt Scott being devoured yes. by a giant man-eating plant. As Jeremy Littlejohn puts it, Miracle of Birth is <laughs> what he titled the video, which is awesome. Wow. You know, as someone uh, who has experienced the true the miracle of birth of, of, over here. Yeah, the real one. The, yeah, I, I feel like I would much rather be eaten by a plant than... <laughs> Yeah, a little less painful. Yeah, <laughs> just just a little bit. A little just, quicker. Yeah, yeah, a little faster. <laughs> anyway, well, where did it all begin? I feel like you've <clears throat> got to let our listeners know where are you from. Oh, I, listen, I don't know if you can hear that. There's like a motorcycle gang, <laughs> gang right now driving by in the background. <laughs> That's where we are. Um, what, anyway, where are you from, and how did you get into theater? What's the first show that you did? Okay, so I'm from a tiny little town called Orbizonia, Pennsylvania, which is in the heart of the mountains, um, not too far from State College, Penn State area. Kind of give everybody a reference. Um, I, started, I started having the love of it even as a kid, uh, playing... One of the wise men in, you know, a nativity play, mm-hmm. <laughs> probably for like five years running, and I was always the wise man. I never let me play anything else. I was never a shepherd or anything else like that, or Joseph. See, I, <laughs> I told you that he was wise. <laughs> yes, absolutely. <laughs> it stuck with me. Um, and so that, that all, I always had the bug to do that. And when I went to high school, I was very, very fortunate, even though we had a small high school, uh, we only graduated. Mine was the biggest class maybe ever, and we graduated 120. Wow. So that's still pretty small mm-hmm. comparatively to most people. And, but we had a very good music director, <clears throat> and she loved doing shows. So she, with uh, the English teachers and the art uh, teacher, would put together musicals, and we had a pit orchestra and the whole nine yards. So they did shows for years. Fiddler on the Roof, uh, Camelot, Carousel, all the classics. So my first one, and I was a little lowly ninth grader, and I did uh, Hello, Dolly. And I played a dancing waiter, (laughs) and I was so thrilled that she picked me to play the clown in the parade passes by. So I got a little special feature, which meant so much to me. Yeah. <laughs> it was so awesome. That was my my special moment. And for whatever reason, I made a choice even way back then as a ninth grader. There was a mannequin on stage, and I, I forget what they used the mannequin for, I can't even tell you. But it was it was on stage and right after that number, I came on as the clown and picked up the mannequin and carried it off and kind of a little galumphing, you know, and got, got a laugh. Well, that's all it took. <laughs> Just give me a laugh. That's all it took. And so that was, I was hooked. I was hooked. And then I got to do The Music Man uh, for the first time. I've done that show six times now. So that was the first time in the Barbershop Quartet. 
and then Little Abner in Little Abner my senior year and that's just kind of what started the love of it and the bug. Yeah so then where did you go once you graduated high school? Once I graduate, graduated high school I went to Shippensburg University it was my undergrad and I went to be a history teacher social studies a little bit of psychology and I graduated taught for three years and realized I'm still I'm still I have the bug I can't shake it yeah and I'm sure everyone out there who's listening will understand that we do it not for the love of money sadly <laughs> we do we do it for the love of it and the passion of it and it was just not going away. So I ended up quitting my teaching job, which was a huge decision. And I went to graduate school in uh, Regent University at Virginia Beach. And very small, private school, but got a lot of really good education. Um, I only did a year. <clears throat> I regret that in some ways, in some ways I don't. I did a year and had my first professional job when I was there. And then I got a call from, I randomly put in a resume, excuse me, to Allenberry Playhouse in uh, Pennsylvania, Carlisle, near Carlisle, mm -hmm. Boiling Springs. I'm sure some will recognize that very, very old regional theater and Summerstock theater. It's been around forever. Sadly, it has now been turned into a community theater. No, I shouldn't say sadly. Just not good for professionals. Right. <laughs> but... They, <clears throat> they offered me a summer job as an EMC candidate, and um, I just couldn't pass it up. So I did that, and then at the end of the summer, the director, artistic director came to me and said, um, would you be interested in staying for Unexpected Guest, the Agatha Christie play? Well, that would have taken me into the fall, and so I'm young. And foolish, and, <laughs> <laughs> and only the plain and fancy people will get that reference. Um, and so I decided, all right, I'm not going to go back to school. This is what I want to do. So I quit grad school, and then one job, as we know, leads to another, which leads to another, which leads to another. Yes. Which leads to the Myers Dinner Theater, right. <laughs> which is where we are, we are currently sitting in, in the rehearsal space. And I love rehearsal rooms. I think there's just so much. I think the, the process, uh, you know, the rehearsal process of creating a show, the, it's like the blood, sweat, and tears mm -hmm. of, of the, that's where the magic is. Mm -hmm. it, it's kind of like, it's not the destination, <clears throat> it's the journey. Mm -hmm. So then how did you come to be at Round Barn? Well, okay, so I did, um, which again, a lot of your listeners probably can relate because I bet they have as well. I did A Christmas Carol with Nebraska Theater Caravan. As did as I. You did, yes. As a lot of people. A lot out of there people. Have. Yeah. That has turned out a lot of actors in, in its day and still does. I don't know whether they toured this past year, probably not. I don't think so. I would assume not. Yeah. But yeah, they. Um, I was, well, to back up just a tad bit, the artistic director of Allenbury Playhouse, he said, I tell you what, if you'll stay for um, the fall show, and I think I stayed for the Christmas show, I believe. Uh, I can't even remember what that was, but I know I stayed for their fall show. 
No, it was just a fall show, excuse me. And he said, I'll tell you what, because you're quitting school, I'll get you a job for Christmas, which was really nice of him. Mm -hmm. So he called, at the time his name was Scott. I don't know who runs it now, but years ago his name was Scott something, I cannot remember his name. And he <clears throat> called him, got me a job, and they had already pretty much had everything cast, but I ended up playing the toy store owner and guy at the graveside <laughs> and uh, party guest yeah. and Dick Wilkins. Yes. <laughs> and, you know, as everybody can attest, you'd usually do zillions of characters in that show. And so that, that led to that. And the, the uh, technical director on that tour was the technical director for Round Barn. Oh. Which we don't necessarily, they didn't really have solidly, that position right. solidly. But at that time, they did. His name was Chris Barbie. So if you happen to be listening, Chris, hi. Hey, Chris. Um, and he said, you ought to put in your stuff for the Round Barn. And I said, what's a Round Barn? <laughs> <laughs> so I went to New York to audition because they oh, were doing New York auditions okay. back then. Yeah. And went to New York and had the audition. <clears throat> Jerry O'Boyle was artistic director at that time. And they seemed to really like me. I, I sang Plain We Live <laughs> for them. Which is a song from, from, Plain, from and, Plain and Fancy. From Plain and Fancy, <clears throat> the, the Amish musical. Yes, the Amish musical. Uh, had no idea what that show was about. Had never heard of it. Surprisingly, because it is kind of a 40s classic, if, yeah. if you will. Early 50s, I guess, rather. Um, and I got the job. I played Poppy Yoder, which I, at that time, was the youngest Poppy Yoder at that time. And because I was only 27 when I got that job. And I did an, another music man that year. We did Shenandoah with uh, Ray Fruin from Chicago. Um, we, we were hiring, you know, Broadway and Chicago actors at that time. And, uh, oh my gosh, his name escapes me. I'm going to kill myself for that. Um, <laughs> who played our music man, our Harold Hill. Oh, good gracious. Somebody out there probably was in that production or saw it, and they're yelling out, it was this guy. <laughs> so anyway, uh, it'll hit me. <clears throat> but yeah, I did the whole season that year. Uh, I just, the only thing I didn't do was like the Christmas show. Yeah. So okay, so the whole, you were you were like core company, yeah. Then in 19, 1997. 1997. Yes. yes, bringing it back. I think I was ten years old. Oh, thank you. It, <laughs> you're you're welcome. In, <laughs> in 1997, I think I was performing uh, Annie in Annie. Oh, there you go. Uh, in 1997 <clears throat> at the Way Off Broadway Dinner Theater. Oh, yes. See? Oh, it, yes. You know it. it I, in, in Frederick, Maryland. Yes, where I got, I've heard of that. Uh-huh. Where I got paid a whole $10 a, a, a performance <laughs> in 1997. Well, I know. And, and since then, I mean, you've worked everywhere. Like, every, everybody. Yeah. Like, yeah. everybody knows who, who Matt Scott is. I, that's nice. <laughs> <laughs> well, and if they don't, they will now. They will now. Because of this. Hire me! <laughs> He needs a job. I need a job. He's going back to Pennsylvania. He needs a job. I'm about to blow it after tonight. Well, and really in this business, it's all about your connections. It is. 
It's and and work begets work, yeah, being, it, it it, you know, and it's people helping you mm-hmm. along along the way, or or people being like, hey, you should submit for this, Absolutely. or you should audition for these people, mm-hmm. or here's an email address, or have <clears throat> have you thought about this, right. or it's yeah, and so I've always really tried to be a helper, Absolutely. in in this business, mm-hmm. especially for young people yeah. who. You know, they're right out of school. They have no idea what they're doing. No. When I graduated from, I went to Shenandoah Conservatory mm-hmm. and, well. and graduated, I had no freaking clue what I was going to do, where I was going to go, yeah. where, or even if I was going to be successful. Right. How do you start? Yeah. Yes. Right. And, and, and then I think starting is the hardest part. Mm. Because then once you start, then you sort of gain momentum and then, and then, yes, it's like the it's like this beautiful tree of life is is, and all the branches and the leaves are all of your different theater connections that help you sort of get the next job or make the next connection. Um, what are some things that you have really struggled with in this career? Oh boy, well, when the stock market crashed in two thousand seven or eight, <clears throat> that that changed the face of theater. Up until that point, when I first started in like 1996, up until the early 2000s, mid 2000s, it was all big, lavish productions. <clears throat> uh, you know, we're doing Oklahoma, Music Man. Uh, we're doing, uh, you know, big productions of Jesus Christ Superstar. Big things, you know, yeah. great big lavish musicals, and for the most part, still with orchestras and mm-hmm. many orchestras at the very least. Some some can music, but can music with some live instruments mixed in. So when the stock market crashed, theaters, of course, took a huge hit. Everyone did. And because the public wasn't coming as much, they scaled down. Mm-hmm. So everyone then went from doing Hello Dolly and uh, Fiddler on the Roof to Smoke on the Mountain. And nothing against Smoke in the Mountain. It's a wonderful show. <laughs> I actually played the pastor in that show. But it went from a lot of those type of shows to everyone playing instruments. And I, in high school, played in the band, but I was a brass player. So hard, they didn't really need a, a brass player in Smoke in the Mountain. So it was a lot of that, Pump Boys and Dinettes. Forever Plaid. Forever Plaid's, the small stuff. Yeah. And I was able to do some of those shows, but I found all of a sudden a guy who, because I'm six foot four, I've been playing leading men since I was in my 20s because they, I had directors tell me, we can't put you in the chorus. You're going you're gonna to stick out. You're not a chorus actor. You know, I'm not, I'm not a hoofer. I'm not a dancer. I'm a mover. So... I wasn't your typical, um, you know, chorus boy, and I was ne- not necessarily a. Uh, even though I am a comedic actor, I'm not. I'm not a. Um, what's the word I'm looking for? I'm not a. Um, oh, good gracious! I'm thinking of like a Jeremy type. I can't. Jer- um, yeah, yeah. You know what I'm it, saying? Yeah, I'm, yeah, yeah. The, the second banana, the, the comedian in the sh- The, the show second banana. That's a great type. In fact... Oh, they're if, great types, yeah. Yeah. And, <clears throat> and, like, I feel like I... And what does type even mean anymore? Like, right. I don't even know. Like, right, whatever. Exactly. But 
God, I feel like if anyone needs a second banana, I would love to play the second oh, banana. Yeah, banana. Oh, Just yeah. even throw me in a banana costume. All right. <laughs> Any kind of fruit. Yeah. <laughs> so that, I ended up playing all those guys. The captains in Sound of Music. The, yes. You know, the Mildebecks in South Pacific. And all of a sudden, those roles stopped. And that was a, that was a big change for me. Because yeah. then I had to try to find work in this scaled down business, which lasted for, oh gosh, that type of, that type of coming back from that recession, that lasted a good seven years, I would say. And it, it started to climb its way out in, uh, oh, like around 2012, you know, mm -hmm. so it took a while. Well, and that's interesting that you say that. Because it's like that was, I almost forgot about that because right. that happened when I was in college. Sure. And I graduated in 2009. So I, you're right. I was coming into the into the world of the recession right. and, and sort of the aftermath <clears throat> of that. And so now looking back, I think, wow, I was so lucky to be able to mm -hmm. work and you know do any kind of. Sh and and now we're in the pandemic. Right. And so that's even right. worse. Yeah. Than yeah. than the recession. That just made theater stop. Yeah. Which is just, <laughs> just for the most part. Which is so sad. It's really. It is. It's really sad, <clears throat> and we know that theater's going to come back. I mean. Yeah. Theater is one of the and theater people are the most resilient people that you will ever find in the world. Where were you at the start of the pandemic? So I was in Florida uh, doing a black box show at the Off Broadway Palm and a little great comedy actually called Weekend Comedy and a four person show. I left there in <clears throat> late February when things were just starting to brew. There was reports of, of course, it going on in China, and then there was reports of, oh, there might be a case or two in Seattle or in California, or something like that, Portland. And, <clears throat> excuse me, I drove from there, from Fort Myers to here, <laughs> and I, I came to Hillsborough, Indiana. That's a long drive. That's a long drive. I ended up staying halfway because it was just too long. And I came here to direct... Uh, run for your wife mm -hmm. and it things were just again starting to change almost daily and at one point I said to the cast you know I don't know what all this is about I don't know what's going on ex exactly but keep your hands washed and just be careful yeah and I left and then two weeks later they were shut down so it, it just changed that quickly right I oh, yeah I remember that um, because the next show that they were supposed to do was The Marvelous Wonderettes. That you were going to direct. And, and I was getting ready to cut. Well, actually, I wasn't supposed to do it. Like, I originally was, somebody else was supposed to do it because I was working at Little Theater. Oh, okay. Full-time full teaching and directing, you know, doing a million right. things. Um, and then they shut down. Right. And, and I was working on a production of Junie B. Jones. Oh, okay. That had 20 kids in it. And so we were doing that, and then we got through up to the designer run. We were getting ready to, you know, I planned this whole dance recital for the classes. We were getting ready to go into tech for the dance recital, and then all of a sudden everything got yeah. shut down. Um, and then that's when Jeremy offered me Wonderettes. Oh, gotcha. And because I was living so close at the time, and so I said, yeah, I would love to do that. And then Wonderettes ended up getting canceled, but now Wonderettes came back. Yes. <laughs> so, Which is a great show. I love this show. Oh, actually. it's so fun. It is very fun. Super fun show. Yeah. So fun funny yeah and it's, it's, that's one of his best yeah that he wrote yeah yeah roger bean yes 
Yes. Hey, Roger. Hi, Roger. <laughs> In case you're listening. <laughs> if you're listening, you know. You never know. I Like, I never really know who's listening, which yeah. I kind of like that. Yeah. I kind of like it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's just crazy to think that now it's been, you know, well over a, it's been over a year now, and here we are. But you've still been doing shows. Yeah, still try to do shows. I uh, Tibbetts Opera House in Michigan. I worked for them the first time was in uh, 2018. No, 2019. Sorry, and. Then they decided, they had their, just like everybody, had their full season planned and for 2020 and had to bag it. And they decided to do a scaled down version. And so they did review shows and some readers theater. And we did it outdoors, so it worked out really well. There was a really nice outdoor facility and right not too far from the theater that was in a beautiful location it's called the ponds and a beautiful a little outdoor you know no traffic around so it was really conducive for a nice nice little theater mm-hmm. outdoor mini theater so that yeah i was very fortunate to get to do that um i was scheduled to direct something uh either direct one of the kids shows or one of the main stage shows i forget and then i was going to be in uh, a Ken Ludwig play, uh, his sequel to Lend Me a Tenor, mm-hmm. Comedy of Tenors. So I was scheduled to be in that with Peter Rypel and Paul Kerr, in case those guys were listening. Um, and that all got kind of shelved and everything got shifted. I still did a show. Peter was there and Paul was there and his lovely wife, Kirsten. So they were, they were all there with me that summer. So we all kind of did, kind of, as you say, true style of an actor, hang in there pitch in there do it and and we all you know kind of like well we got to make this survive and so I know Tibbetts took a hit because it was not as financially successful as you would figure because people were some some were not afraid Uh, others were a little tentative and then others were still afraid to kind of be in around people but I think the mood has kind of shifted. It seems like it has. So if they're going to be allowed to be indoors this year, I don't know. I think it's still kind of iffy for Mm -hmm. them. Yeah. Yeah, it's still just kind of wait and see. And and I'm not even really sure, like, what theaters are doing, you know, summer shows this summer. Um, It's still kind of... Some have been closed the whole time. Right. Some are starting to re. It also has to do with un- you know equity status, it does. non-equity status, uh, where you are in the country. Right. It has to do with what with, state? Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. What, what, yeah. Because every state is so different. It your is. your location. Yeah. And what the governor has sort of decided mm-hmm. is an acceptable um, and and obviously money. You know every oh, yeah. everything in life, unfortunately comes down to money. But I will say to you that I think people who create free resources are incredible. And that is one of the reasons why I really wanted to start this podcast because it is completely free. Mm-hmm. Like if you have a computer, a phone or access to a computer or a fo- you know, which most people do, um, you can listen to all of these episodes for completely free. And I listen to a lot of other people's podcasts because to, why wouldn't I? Because to me, when you're driving or when maybe oh, when, yes. you're, when you're going on a walk or whatever, it's nice to hear other people's perspective mm-hmm. in the world to hear. It's, it's, <clears throat> all, it's storytelling right. to hear. Podcasts are very theatrical to, to hear their stories. And you, you always learn something. 
from listening to somebody else's life mm-hmm. journey. It's like taking a free masterclass. Right. Or right. which I know you do masterclasses and workshops mm-hmm. and you teach people. Um, what advice do you give to to the children, to the to, <laughs> to, the, to the younger yeah. generation who, you know, who want to go into the, or want to make a career of this? It is funny because I, I've been saying these last few years, I don't necessarily feel like I'm getting older, but all my fellow actors are getting younger and younger. <laughs> it sure feels that way. Um, I know that I did not go strictly for theater to school. I would not necessarily say, don't go to school for theater. Be wise in your choice for a theater school. Um, I, <laughs> I'll try to say this as delicately as I can. I, I think you just need to find a place that does not necessarily give you too much avant-garde and not enough of the stuff that you're going to get hired for. Uh-huh. I, I found that in, I, long story short, as I went to a second grad school, um, I won't even say who it was because I didn't have the greatest experience, so I can think I'll just leave that out. Yeah. But I, I decided after, you know, this was actually just about six years ago, and I thought, well, maybe I've always wanted to get it back into teaching, and I thought, That'd be great. I'd love to teach college. Mm-hmm. So I went there and I did uh, you know, a full semester and just just did not. It, I just couldn't do it. I could not do it. And a lot of it was, let's lie on the floor <laughs> and explore what's coming out of your pelvis. <laughs> then it's coming out of your knees. <laughs> and I'm, I'm, I'm laying there just <laughs> my mind, as you could probably imagine. I'm just laying there going like, dear. God, like when is this over? Yes, when is this over? Is, is it lunchtime? I, I gotta move on here. And so it was too much of that. And I yeah. think I think you're just going to miss because my point of view is, especially if you're going to be in regional theater, mm-hmm. there's it's mostly musicals because that's what pays the bills. And these colleges that don't have any kind of a musical theater appreciation, mm, that's that's a little scary for actors because they need that. Even those actors that consider themselves more of an actor than a singer, it's still important because there's roles in there that you can get. So I think you'd be, I'd be careful about that. I won't say not go to, to, to go to college or to go to college. For me, <clears throat> I was very fortunate that it worked out. One thing did lead to another and it was grad school that propped me into those other places. So that and when I was first in the business, I would stand backstage and watch the leads who had experience, who were my age now, that I'm currently, and I would watch them and say, how did they get that laugh? Why, why did he wait to turn on that line as opposed to this line? Why, why did they both, you know, grab each other in a certain way? I mean, it just, I just started to, because that's my way my mind works. I wanted to break it down. And instead of me just doing my little part in the show and leaving, I, I studied. So that was my master class. I watched good people. What makes them good? And I would also suggest, because so many younger actors don't seem to know who the classics are. And they were even predated me. 
But I'm talking, I learned comedy from Abbott and Costello, mm -hmm. from Jack Benny, from George Burns and Gracie Allen, from Laurel and Hardy, which were one of my favorites, from the Three Stooges, which were one of my favorites, the Marx Brothers. They all, I, I would watch them <clears throat> and you could tell even though they were in the movies and didn't have a laugh track or didn't have a live audience oftentimes, you could still tell they, they knew where the beat was for the laugh. Mm -hmm. They knew what made a laugh. They knew that if they delivered this line this way, it was better than this way. And according to things I would read from like the Marx Brothers, Groucho and Chico and Harpo would all study their, their, their lines, their work, and hone it. And they would do it in front of a live audience, like an old theater, an old vaudeville house, and they would see, oh yeah, that worked. Okay, that didn't, so let's tweak that. Yeah. And then that became their movies. And so they translate into their movies. So those type of things fascinated me. So I would suggest to any up-and-comer, learn. Don't be afraid to learn from those great comedians from the past that were Jewish Americans, that were you know, German Americans, they were a little bit of everything. And, and those African Americans that were like Rochester on Jack's ben Jack Benny, he was one of the highest paid black men uh, performers in the world. Wow. And Jack Benny loved him and admired him. And he's a great comedian. And if you listen to him and his style, mm -hmm. and you can learn so much just by looking at those guys. And that becomes like more valuable than anything. And then <clears throat> I would say, not to a lesser degree, but on maybe a same plane, watch things like you know, Frasier, you know, great timing in Frasier and, and, and their subtlety. Uh, maybe a little more craziness in, in, other, in other sitcoms. But... That's one of the best ways to learn is to watch and then compute in your mind, oh, that's why they got the laugh there because they didn't, they stopped on this word as opposed to this word and that, that'll help, that'll keep in your mind. Mm -hmm. It's all about timing. It is. Really. It's, and, you, you know, your interaction with your fellow actors and mm -hmm. the interaction with the audience. And, well, and everyone, everywhere you go and everyone that you meet is a teacher. Yeah. Everyone. Yeah. Whether that they're teaching you good lessons or bad lessons, right. or bad That's lessons, right. That's you know, right. and everyone you work with, or every show that you see, or every movie or television show, it doesn't matter, mm -hmm. you know, any sort of theatrical experience. Um, I have always found like I love watching people work in rehearsal, um, especially on breaks. Like I'm talking like it could be like a five minute break, a ten minute <clears> break, <throat> dinner break. After the show is over, I've always been, I admire people who, who have a really strong work ethic mm -hmm. and they want to do it. Like I was always that person. I like, I am not, I hated memorizing lines. <laughs> I am I like memorizing music and, like, and, and dance was so much, it came sure. so much easier sure. to me. You know what I mean? Singing and choreography. I'm Absolutely. like, oh, whatever. But like lines always felt tedious. Right. I felt like I had to look up my lines like a million times. <clears throat> so I was, I was always that person who was just always like running my lines, mm -hmm. running, you know, saying them out loud, writing, <laughs> writing, right. And some people like have like a photograph you know photographic oh, yeah. memory mm -hmm. they look at something once boom off book mm -hmm. i'm like mm -hmm. what i'm like oh my mm -hmm. god that must be so nice but then i know like other people like for example travis smith who is an incredible piano player and music director actor so funny 
I'll come in and learn a dance, and he'll just be like, he'll be like, I don't know what you just did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's like, Sarah, help me. He's like, I need help. He, he was like, how did you pick that up so quickly? He's like, did you learn that before this rehearsal? I was like, no, I'm learning it right now with right, you. Right. He's like, can I record you doing this so I can go home and practice it a million times? Right, right. <laughs> and I think sometimes that's how I am with with, memoriza- with memorizing lines. Um, yeah, I always think it's funny because there's so many different sides to this business and sort of what people like in the business and what people don't like in the business. I never liked learning lines. I never liked auditioning. Like, uh, Oh yeah. I hate auditioning. <laughs> yeah. It, well, I, I think it's, it can be really stressful and it like, is. I don't like being put on the spot. Mm-hmm. Like they can ask you for any to, you know, do you have this song? Can you do this? Do you know that? La 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 la. And if I can do it, then great. But if I don't, then, yeah. then you're like, ah, yeah. Oh, know. I just lost the job because you didn't have that. Yeah. yeah you, f- you feel like you're put on the spot or you feel mm-hmm. like you're underprepared right. or you, you know, but sometimes you do get, you know, you do end up getting the job um, just by the person that you are or who they need in, in the moment. Right. Um, but yeah, it's, it's just so funny. And in terms of auditioning, I think one of the things that I would like to see change when it comes to the audition process is having a more welcoming and, and invite a more comfortable audition mm-hmm. atmosphere mm-hmm. from the beginning. Mm-hmm. Where people like look you in the eyes, mm-hmm. where people say thank you for coming. Right. You know what I mean? I They're do. just nicer and kinder. Because you know, I mean, and this is mostly like when you would audition for things in New York, <clears> and <throat> people just they don't even look at you. Mm-hmm. They don't even you know come in. Don't say your name. Eight bars. Get right. get out. I'm right. like okay, cool. Like it, it's very dehumanizing. It is. So anyway, that was a whole tangent. No, on. that's that's understandable <laughs> because you don't feel. I don't know if you're anyone's giving their best in that kind of atmosphere. No. If you're going in a nervous anyway, and you're even more nervous when you enter the room, well, then I'd walk out of there, which I have. I auditioned for the Elf National Tour uh, for playing the dad. Mm-hmm. And I, I left that room going, they never wanted me to begin with. And you just yeah. felt that way. Mm-hmm. I came all this way and spent this money for nothing. Yeah. So it's frustrating. It is. Yeah. Yeah, it, it, it really is. Uh, by the way, you'd be fantastic as as I've done Elf three times. I know, now, and I, you'd be that's you'd what be, I've never done. Uh, yeah, oh my god, you'd, I know it's so weird. I yeah, Walter that. Hobbs, like that's perfect casting, <laughs> <laughs> right there, perfect. Well, anyway, the next time I do Elf, yeah, yes, I'll time. cast you as Walter. Thank you, I appreciate Walter, that. If I'm in charge. <laughs> So anyway, well, do you have like a favorite theater memory or story that you would like to leave our listeners with today? Oh, gosh. Um, is it boy, hard to choose? It is hard to choose. I, I've done so much, and I'm, that's not me bragging. It's, it's a good thing. I mean, I've, I've had a, a decent career, and I have found myself, as, as time has gone by, when I was first in the business, I would be one of those ones, very eager, and oh man, I wish I had more lines. And now that I've, I'm 50, I thought, oh man, I have too many lines. <laughs> it's like, oh, Lord, I don't want to learn all that. And that, is, that has changed in me. And I'm not trying to dodge the question, I swear, but that kind of hit me in the head that I, I have found myself wanting to direct more. Mm-hmm. And so I think some of the directing things that I've done are, are not necessarily more, more fond memories, but 
I hold them dearer because it's harder to break into the directing world mm -hmm. in this business. And it goes back to what you said. If you don't know someone, uh, they're a little less likely to take a chance on you as a director, as a choreographer, as a whatever. And I've been fortunate that uh, Jeremy, Jeremy Littlejohn, he hired me for here. He hired me for Round Barn to do things uh, and a place in Illinois that I worked here, another place in Indiana that I've worked. And so those have been great. And I, I do cherish those because they aren't, aren't as many and I wish there were more. And I'd like to continue to do that mm -hmm. as I'm a little less hungry to do big roles anymore. I'm finding, and, and probably most of you out there will relate, especially if you're an older actor, actress listening to this, you, your bucket list gets a little smaller and tighter yeah. to what you really want to do. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and doing, because I love the show, I just don't necessarily have to desire to do it again. I don't want to do a seventh Music Man. <laughs> what? You don't? Uh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I thought you would want to play Eulalie McKechnie. <laughs> yeah, well, if, if that opportunity came up. <laughs> but I don't, you know, and there's nothing against Sound of Music. It's a classic, but I've done it three times. Mm -hmm. So I'm finding myself being a little more picky and choosy. Yeah. And my favorite show is 1776. I just adore that show. And maybe it's because I was a history teacher. That might be part of it. Mm -hmm. But I also had great respect for our founding fathers. And I love the show. It's very, very tight. It's long, but it's tight. It's very good, very well written. And the, the times I have done that show, that would be one of those exceptions that I could keep doing that show. I've done it three times, but I could keep doing that. Mm -hmm. Because I just, I really adore that show. And even though I'm really not right to play Franklin, I got to play it once. And I'm very grateful for that because it was such a good experience. Yeah. And the material in there was funny, but it was, it was uh, when he's having that discussion with John Adams and they're going head to head over abolition and the slave trade and and Franklin lets him have it square between the eyes of I started the first abolitionist society in this continent don't you preach to me and they just go head to head that's the kind of material like I I'm craving more as I've gotten older and so probably I'm, I'm coming full circle folks I promise uh, <laughs> the Probably one of the best memories I've had in recent history in my last few years is Charles Burr cast me to play Dan in Next to Normal. Oh, yeah. And I got to do that at Tibbetts Opera House, beautiful theater. Mm -hmm. And that hard-hitting material, we had an excellent cast. And I, I just walked away from that experience going... This is why I do this. Nothing against the Ken Ludwig plays of the world, because they're fun and great and necessary. But for an actor, you need sometimes that. I need that meat of something. Mm -hmm. I'm sure it is for a dancer, too. Yeah. i got to be challenged. I can't just do time steps right. forever. i got to have, give me, give me something, give me a, something dancey to cling to. I think we as actors feel that same way. And I need I need that occasional Dan in Next to Normal. Uh, Next to Normal is such a good show. It is. It's so good, and it's I so think so hard hitting. I cried almost all every night through it. Yeah. <laughs> it's hard not to. 
Yeah. Well, and I remember <clears throat> they. So they had when I was in college, they had the regional premiere mm. of Next to Normal in DC. Oh, nice. Yeah. yeah. And so we went to go see it. Nice. And so we saw like the first production of nice. of that show before it moved to Broadway. Um, oh, gotcha. Loved it. Loved oh, it. Yeah. Loved it. And I went. And then I moved to New York right after I graduated. Saw the show again. I remember listening when I would ride the subway. I listened to oh, it all yeah. the time. John's soundtrack is amazing. The, the, I mean, it's basically an operetta anyway. But yeah. It's so well done. Yeah. yeah. What, it's, what a complex mm-hmm. uh, piece of art. Oh, very much so. Yeah. yeah. Well, I was going to say, um, you know, my favorite show, and I've seen you, you know, perform in a lot of shows over, over the years, but I think my favorite role that I've ever seen you play is the Reverend Mother <laughs> <laughs> in Nonsense Amen. Amen. Yes. Which is basically the show Nonsense, but with all men. Yes. Playing the nuns, yes. and it was so funny, <clears throat> and such you know. Well, I'm just thinking of you doing that monologue at, at the end of Act One when you're being Free Willy the the the, the, the whale, <laughs> yes, and she gets high in a, in a nun costume. She's sniffing something I didn't even know. It's like she's sniffing something, yeah, like some kind of little vile bottle of uh-huh. something, and she sniffs it and gets high on stage. I can't even remember what it was now. Yeah, but um. It, 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 speed, I guess it was, was speed. <laughs> yes, very fun. I, and it's funny because I've seen that show as the all men version. Mm-hmm. And like 10 minutes into it, you forget they're men. Yeah. You totally forget. You just like, oh my gosh, you're just laughing so hard. They're just, yeah, oh yeah, yeah. it's such a funny it's show. such a funny show. It's a read that, you know, there's another example because that one had staying power through the crash of the 2008 section mm-hmm. because it was small and, and yeah. funny and it lasted. It's lasted so many years. What, probably going on, oh my, probably 30 years, I'm mm-hmm. guessing. Yeah. Well, and now there's like a, there's, you know, Nuncrackers <clears throat> and Nonsense 2 oh, and there's yeah. a whole bunch of Vegas other. Vegas and yeah. Yeah, Country or whatever. <laughs> yeah. There's a zillion of them. There's a zillion yes. Nonsense I did shows. that, uh, I've got to do it twice. The first time, um, Jeremy and Little John, he played Hubert. Uh-huh. And then the second time, he played Hubert next to my Reverend Mother. And then Travis Smith played... Um, yeah, oh, oh, Amnesia. Amnesia, thank you. Uh-huh. Yes. And that was so much fun to work with them because we had a good cast and they were all friends and it was, it was a lot of fun. Yeah, it's I enjoyed al- it. It's always fun when... Or it's, it's so special when you get to do shows with your best friends yes. that you... You know, for like me and Jeremy and Travis, we've done a ton of shows together together for over ten years now, and we're. um, It's a comfort thing. Yeah, you you can go into rehearsals and know you're going to laugh, you're going to have a good time, and you'll do a good product. Mm -hmm. And and you know that your heart is like going into the product because sometimes when you don't know anyone, like oh, is that person going to be any good? Yeah. Where this way, you know, oh. I know the cast. It's going to be great. It's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's also a, a trust thing. Absolutely. You know, it's it's trusting the people that you work, that they're going to have your back. Yeah. That they're going to work hard. Absolutely. You're going to have fun. You know, and like, you you don't, sometimes I feel like when you go into a new place and you don't know anybody, you kind of have to like, I don't know, like hold your guard up a, sure. li- a little bit. Absolutely. And, and be like... I'm a professional actor. You know right, what I, you know what I mean? Right. Like, look at blah blah blah, all my accomplishments. But then when you're doing shows with friends, you're like, let's just have a good time. Yeah, yeah. Let's, like, there's no let, let down the guard. Right. 
I'm not putting on a face. No, they don't care about the shows I've done because they've been in a lot of them anyway. They've done most of them. That's <laughs> right. Yeah, they don't care. Who cares? That's right. Yeah, it's just, it is. It's a fun thing. It's a comfort thing, a trust thing. I, I, I like that and I agree with that. Yeah. Well, thank you so much You're for, welcome. this was really lovely to thank just you. sit, because again, we haven't really had, a, it's been years since we've been yeah. able to just sit down and yeah. and have the time to talk about theater. Yeah. And I know our listeners have have gained some much needed pearl <laughs> pearls of wisdom. I hope I, today. I hope I provided. Thank you.